My name is Kurt. I serve as lead pastor here at the Vineyard Church. And I am honored to continue us in our series, Everyone Everywhere. And I want to just give you a quick recap of where we've been. The last few weeks, we've been hanging out in Romans 12. Romans 12. And I just want to remind you how that chapter in the book of Romans in the New Testament starts. It says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will. You know, what's interesting is we recognize that Paul is writing to the believers, writing to the believers in Rome. He's writing to the church. Like, it would be like if, he was, if it was in Pearland, Pearlandites 2, verse 1. Like, okay, that was really bad. Sorry. That's why I didn't write one of the books of the Bible. Um, but he's writing to the church. He's writing to you. And to me, he's writing to people who would begin to follow Jesus as they're getting on board. And it's this wonderful letter to the church. And we have to ask ourselves, what is therefore, therefore? Well, you got to go back to Romans 11, 33 through 36. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Think about this for a second. Like, how smart is God? I mean, I have not figured out how to get into the Milky Way, let alone create the Milky Way. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him. And for him, sorry, from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, this life that we're being called to live needs to be anchored and rooted in the reality of God that all things are from him and through him and for him. It is for the glory of God that we are invited to live our lives. And in a really simple way, either I live and my life does glorify God in the depths of his wisdom and the riches of his knowledge and the ways that he has traced out, or it does not. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So here's my question for us this morning as we press forward. What would our transformed lives look like if we had a mind renewed by God? Remember, he's writing a letter. So sometimes if you've been around church or you've interacted with scripture before, you might know Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And that sounds great, and it is great. But what we've seen is the invitation to what that actually looks like. In verses 3 through 8, what we see the renewed mind begins to realize is that we have connection to the activity of God, and we participate in a local church family. Because he's given 
gifts and he's poured out his mercy and there are things in the way he's created you, the way he's calling you, the work of God's spirit as followers of Jesus in you and those are to be good gifts to your community. We begin to renew our mind by embracing the identity that God speaks over us, the gifting that God has put in us and we live aligned with the things of God's kingdom for the sake of others. Connection and participation in a local church family because you have been called into a community that is on mission with God for the things of the kingdom. This is not a passive, personalized, individualized faith. I got mine. Good luck, world. No, there's a renewing where it's not the patterns of the world, but it's the way of God and his kingdom. As Alan shared last week, that life looks like one devoted to love. It is very explicit in the scriptures. The followers of Jesus, the community of Jesus will be and is devoted to love. The love of Jesus, the way of the cross, the way of a living sacrifice that we are laying down our lives the way Christ laid down his. And this is what Alan shared last week, a great quote from Warren Worsby. Love is the circulatory system of the spiritual body, which enables all the members to function in a healthy, harmonious way. It sends what we need. It sends blood to every extremity so that those extremities, those ways of being, those giftings have life. And then it circulates anything that needs to be cleansed out. We are washed by the blood. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We are filled with the blood of Christ. The life blood of Jesus gives life to me. And it circulates through every aspect of my life so that I can be transformed. Blood flow to the brain, kind of important. Renewed mind. Look at this picture. It's the heartbeat. And it touches everything and it sends life to everything. This is how we need to see and understand the work of the Spirit, that God is alive in us. That God is at work in us, resourcing every part of the body of Christ, renewing our minds so that we can be transformed. In a letter that First uh, John, we see God is love. Listen to this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. For from him and through him and to him are all things, that we would be a living sacrifice. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It goes on to say God is love. Church, we do not get to opt out of this one. And the only way we can do this with the integrity of the kingdom of God is to understand it is the character of God at work in us and through us. At work in us and through us. 1 John three sixteen. this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Just think about the church in general. Is that how we're defined? Is that how we're seen by others? The, that community is the community that lay their lives down for the city. That's the community that lays their lives down for their neighbors. 
That's the community that lays their lives down for their friends and for their family, for their coworkers. They are willing to be a living sacrifice, living aligned with the will of God, the good will, the pleasing will, and the perfect will. This is the renewal of our minds for a transformed life. See, the renewing of our mind produces a life transformed by God, for God, and it changes the patterns of our real life. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, one way to live, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to be a part of God's kingdom way, his good way, his pleasing way, his perfect way, in our real life here. So just think about all the aspects of your life. Think about it. Think about every aspect of your life. The living God wants to come into those places, every place, every space, every nook, every cranny, and just be right in there so that every part of us gets renewed. And transformed. For from him and through him and to him are some things that I give permission for God to have in my life. All things. All things. This is why we have to be a living sacrifice. This is why we have to embrace the way of Jesus, which has come and in humility, we lay our lives down at the feet of Jesus, and we begin to say, God, you have authority. You have authority, because the pattern of the world is I take authority, I take power, I make sure all of you are here to serve me. You like that, right? That's nice. No, no, you don't like that. Because then I'm taking your power, I'm taking your authority, I'm making it all about me. And inside me, I'm not going to put this on you, inside me is like, I want it to be all about me. That is the pattern of the world. That is the way of sin. That is the way of death and destruction. And Jesus says, in my kingdom, there is a better way. So back to Romans 12, picking it up in verse 9. I didn't know how to transition that any more smoothly, so I just like, let's just get to the text. Verse 9, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor by serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And here is the challenge of the day. Live in harmony 
with one another. Just wait. The transformed life that is in opposition to the pattern of this world and the way of God's kingdom live in harmony with one another. This is a kingdom distinctive. This is a way of being in God, for God, from God, living in Jesus, that we would live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. The only way we can do this is begin to see that God is at work in us and it's his will and it's his spirit and it is our yielding, it is our surrender, it is our engagement in the way of God's kingdom. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that we can live in harmony with everyone everywhere. Live in harmony with everyone everywhere. And you might be going, but what if we disagree? Exactly. That's why it's hard. It is 100% easy and the pattern of the world to be in harmony with people who see it exactly like you see it. That is not hard. That requires no self-control. That requires no empowering by the Spirit. That is the way people work. I agree with you. I like you. You are for me. Let's do this together. Jesus on the cross showed me how to treat his enemies, me, his enemy. And he lays his life down and he begins to show the way of God's kingdom. We cannot conform to the patterns of this world. And so here's, here's I'm just going to be transparent. In prepping this message, I had to deal with my own insecurities. Did you know pastors have insecurities? One pastor on our staff has insecurities. <laughs> Sorry, rest of our staff. And the, the insecurity is this. As I um, have watched and participated in social media forever since I joined social media, regrettably, I have seen that this is what's hard. We don't live in harmony with one another. And I, I jokingly told Lauren, I should just screenshot social media conversations and comment threads and just put them on the screen today. Blacking out people's names, of course. Okay, only two of you are on social media? I'm picking on social media because that's like where we get permission to say what we really think. That's where we get permission to kind of let our comments just kind of run. I felt like today's message should confront everybody in the room. If you are not experiencing the Holy Spirit speak to you about where there is more harmony in your life because of surrender and seeing the work of Jesus for that person, that God is pursuing everyone everywhere, we are missing the fullness of the kingdom of God here and now, which will come through the church, and it's our participation that for him and through him and to him are all things. Even our comments on Facebook, the question is, does this glorify God? Does this honor the person made in the image of God? So here's our first practicality. Remember, this is a letter. And I, I just got to tell you, everything inside of me is like, don't step on toes today, Kurt. You're going to make people mad, and I don't want to make people mad. And then they're going to go, no, our pastor did not live in harmony with me today. 
how do we live this out, church? Here's our first clue, and it is in the text. Blessing is our transformed response. If you cannot bless it, keep your mouth, just close your mouth. Bless and do not curse. When this church was planted in 1999, the Lord spoke very clearly to our founding pastor, Alan Allen, and said, we will be a community that blesses. We will bless and do not curse. And sometimes our silence needs to hold the conversation where it is. But I will tell you this right now. Scripture is so clear. In this letter, in Romans 12, it says, bless those who persecute you. That means people who disagree, who name call, who tell you you're wrong, just bless them. Hold on to hope that God is at work in their life, that God pursues them with his work on the cross, that God pursues them with the spirit. Bless and do not curse. Blessing is our transformed response. It is the pattern of God's kingdom. And that should look really different. It really should. And it means I'm going to have to lay some stuff down. I'm going to have to anchor to the God who is above it all and in it all and at work in it all for everyone, everywhere, so that we will be a community that blesses. And if you're not quite sure how to do that, go back to our podcast and check out our series, Blessing the City. We walked through how to do that. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Blessing is our transformed response. And then it just goes on to help us even more. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. This is how you live in harmony. If you, somebody over here in my life is rejoicing with good news, you know what I do? I join them. I get aligned with them, and I just begin to rejoice and celebrate the goodness of God and the work of God and the opportunity. Oh, you got a new job. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. I know we've been praying for that for like six minutes. You're so lucky. And then my friend over here, who's been out of work for a year and a half, and is unsure, and is afraid, and is scared, and is mourning, and is grieving, and is afraid and scared and not knowing what's going to happen. I just join him. I get a line and I go, we're going to keep praying. You are not alone because when we rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn, we are a tangible experience of God being present with us in this life. This is what it looks like to live in harmony, to be an expression of God's kingdom here that we carry the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and we come and we be a tangible experience of the love of God and the presence of God because God mourns with those who mourn. The living God will weep with you in the watches of the night if you're weeping. And we as the church should learn how to lament and mourn in the sorrow and the losses of this life because I will tell you one thing I'm confident of after 20 months of a pandemic. I hate death. I am so tired. I am so tired of death. And that is the pattern of this world. And the pattern and the way of God's kingdom is life. And sometimes the way that life gets expressed is we will weep tears of sorrow and lament and hope that there is something different and better coming.
and we will weep tears of joy because we get it to see it come in and it's a part of our life and we get to celebrate. The way we live in harmony in our day and time is when we see somebody who is distraught and broken, we go mourn with them. We don't tell them to get their act together. We don't go just beat them up because they're full of sin, because I am too. We go tell a better story and a clearer truth of an active God who says, my kingdom is coming. So when we pray, our Father, we get harmonious in relationship, who art in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come. Let's rejoice a little bit. Your kingdom come. Let's weep a little bit. The way we live in harmony, church, this is so significant. And I watched it tear our nation apart because we forgot how to mourn with the community who was mourning. And we forgot to rejoice with the community who was rejoicing. And the agendas and the will of people in power on every part of the globe. We have to get above it to see the pleasing and perfect will of God. If we're going to live in harmony. Harmony is relational. I'm going to spare you the pain of your ears. But there's a difference between singing an appropriate, accurate harmony and singing one that is not harmonious. I sing not harmonious harmonies. It is cacophonous, it is painful, it is not in key, tune, pitch, or chord structure. My wife Lauren, she knows how to hear it and then make the voice, like the team today, Ashley, Becky, they know how to sing in harmony together. Our worship team, week in, week out. Can we celebrate that y'all know how to sing in harmony? I mean, it's so good. It's pleasing to the ear. See, harmony is relational. We have been called into the relational work of God here and now for the people around us, and there is a way to live in harmony in relationship. It's communal. Harmony is not about a single. It is always multiple. You can have two-part harmony. You can have three-part harmony. If we got a really good choir going, I mean, that could be like 100 people singing in harmony together. And it is contrary to the pattern of this world. It is. But don't just take my word for it. Check out this video illustration. Harmony. Those rare moments of complete unity. When everything works together. Everyone clicks. All the pieces fit. Selfishness is put aside. Egos and agendas fade away. And everyone is in sync. Totally committed to the team. 
totally focus on making those around them better. It's efficient, complete, beautiful. But it rarely lasts. Selfishness rears its head. It breaks up bands, destroys teams, tears apart friendships in a universe bent towards entropy and decay, where friction and conflict are unavoidable and self-interest rules. These moments of unity never seem to last, except in one instance of constant and infinite harmony. Love so perfect and complete, it defies description and sets the standard for how we should treat one another. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Ever three and ever one. And I got to tell you, like, I had some favorite parts of that video. I was glad they put basketball in there. The guy's like, man, like, throw me the ball. I was open, you know, like, they get, isn't that how it works? Like, it feels like, it's like, I thought we were good. Friendship, in a moment, it feels like it's gone. An orchestra, like, all those pieces creating beauty. And then it's bricks broken, just, it's like, oh, no. But it's our lives. It's your life. It's the lives of your coworkers. It is the kingdom battle. There is a real battle where you, you I, I, okay. Part of me wants to do this, and you don't have to raise your hand, but like, raise your hand if you've ever been treated in a non-harmonious way in your life. Okay, how many of you loved that? You're like, let's, yeah, that was great. I love being called names. I love being stabbed in the back. No. This calls the church, this calls followers of Jesus to a radically different way. Not when it's convenient, not when it's comfortable. Let me tell you something I'm noticing about our culture that surrounds us, the pattern of this world that we are all just surrounded by all the time. Everything in the pattern of the world is being built up to cater to you. The pattern of the world puts you at the center. And it, and it trains us, it disciples us to believe that it's all about us. So social media, it's catered to like try to make it especially perfect for you. And you can have all these different services that cater to you and you can go to a grocery store and buy only the things that you like to eat because there are so many choices. You can vacation where you want a vacation 
And that in and of itself is not problematic because the way of God's kingdom is good and perfect and pleasing and he delights in his children and it is the best possible experience of life ever. And I do believe heaven does look like Hawaii. And you've probably been somewhere beautiful and you've seen it around the world. The beauty of God, the one who created the most beautiful places in the world on planet earth, and then looks at you and says, you are the crown of his creation. You are more beautiful than Hawaii. You are more beautiful than the Swiss Alps. You are more important and a more delightful, intricately, wonderfully, perfectly made part of his creation. And he says, come, be in perfect relationship with me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so that we as a family can show people what it looks like to be loved and to experience the way of my kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. See, when Jesus is teaching us to pray, he's actually aligning us to the way that his kingdom works. Give us this day our daily bread, our sustenance, our provision, our dependence is on you, not on anything else. And forgive us our trespasses. Keep me connected to the imperfect reality of my life so that I will live a life of forgiveness and I will be a source of forgiveness everywhere it's needed. And lead me not into temptation. Whatever those things are that try to take my eyes off of you and distort my view of the world and distort my view of my own self, God, don't lead me in that way, but let me come into the fullness of your way and your truth and the riches of your judgments and the depths of your knowledge that I would be free. God longs for your freedom. The living God wants to be so close to you that it is the lifeblood of everything you do. And it's renewing your mind and your life so that we can live in harmony. And this does matter on social media. (laughs) It does matter where we disagree about masks and no masks. It does matter where we disagree about vaccines or no vaccines. It does matter where we disagree about political systems that are imperfect. It does matter when it comes to agreements or disagreements about where we should be spending our time or how we should be serving or how we should be loving or why we did or didn't do this or why you did or didn't call me or why you did or didn't say that at my time of need. It matters in all the disagreeing, dividing, fracturing moments that this world will cause us to experience. And that the church would get above that and be united in the harmony of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we would take Scripture very seriously. That we would take the Word of God very seriously, and we would live in harmony because we will rejoice with those who rejoice and we will mourn with those who mourn and we will live in harmony with one another with everyone everywhere because the story 
that resources, that way of transformed living is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For from him and through him and to him are all things. And that calls us into the boundaries of his kingdom, which there are boundaries. There is truth. And that truth never disconnects itself from the love of God revealed in Jesus. How do we live in a moment like this and not conform to the pattern of the world? Think about that for a second. How do we live in a moment like, I mean, raise your hand. Do you think there's a little division in our world? Okay. So church, good news, it's our time. This is our time. It's our time to shine. (laughs) To shine the light of Jesus which breaks in. The hope of Jesus which breaks in. The way of God's kingdom which breaks in. How do we live in harmony and live lives devoted to love and live lives devoted to God's kingdom? I'm glad you asked. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. I'm actually going to read it from the Bible so you don't think I'm just making it up on my notes. Not that you thought that. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Life wins. Resurrection power conquers death. So from now on, here it is, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We regard no one from a worldly point of view. We have stepped out of that pattern of living, and we've stepped into the seeing through the kingdom of God. We regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Come live in harmony in the way of the kingdom. Come experience the life-giving life of Jesus. Come experience the fullness of his kingdom meeting you right where you are so that we can see the world the way God sees the world. Let's stand together. Listen to this last part. God made him Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in him for 
from him and through him and to him our are all things. I'm from Texas, y'all. Are all things. So that in him, church, the only way we can live in harmony is to be in Christ. And to embrace the life of God by the Spirit that says, Christ, live in me. In me. So that when I see every human being, every one, every where, I will remember that God made Jesus to come and take care of everything that was needed in my life. And to take care of everything that was needed in their life so that I can join the story of God. And here's what I think when I say that. Some of us need to be set free. We need to experience the forgiveness of God for our own lives that we no longer live in shame. We no longer live in bondage. We no longer live under a false identity that speaks lies over you, but that you can be set free so you can begin to see the world more clearly the way God does. Some of us need forgiveness because people have been absolutely nasty to us. You don't trust people, you don't like people, and you're not going to live in harmony because you know people are not pleasant. Like, that's just what you know. But Scripture says Christ's love compels us. So some of us need to come and say, God, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me for the way I treated that person? Will you forgive me for the thoughts that I've had? Will you forgive me for the comments that I made? Will you forgive me for the way I treated your creation? For the places I'm not living in harmony relationally, will you forgive me? It starts with us. It starts with us. There is no expectation to be perfect because we can look at the one who was perfect who says, I love you. Hey, Lori, will you go to I Come Running and pull up the chorus? This is, I think, our ministry invitation today. Some of us just need to come experience God's presence. God, your love lights up the dark. Your love fights for my heart. God initiates towards us with his kingdom, and then we just say, I come running. I come running. Your love anchors my soul. Your love won't let me go, so I come running. Jump to the bridge. Faith is rising. And fear is falling in the love of Jesus. Strongholds breaking and hearts awaken in the love of Jesus. Go to the next one. Hope is rising. See, she's on it. Gosh, she's good. Hope is rising and walls are falling in the love of Jesus. And chains are breaking. And dead awaken. In the love of Jesus. So God, we just say, come with your spirit. Just begin to speak to people's hearts and minds that we would be a community experiencing the renewal where we need it. God, where we've been wounded because people did not live harmoniously to us. 
where people have chosen to use relationships to wound and to hurt, we pray that you'd bring healing right now by your spirit. God, I pray for just on, for like the church, I just come into your presence and I say, forgive us for not being people who rejoice with those when they're rejoicing and are willing to mourn with those who are mourning. Forgive us for being a community that sometimes does not look very harmonious because we have not chosen the way of being living sacrifices. We have not chosen the way of Jesus to lay our lives down. Come, Holy Spirit, and work forgiveness, work healing. For from you and to you and through you and for you are all things, God. Begin to show us what it looks to be a people that glorify you in every aspect of our life that your kingdom would come and that our lives would no longer be held under the weight and the bondage of being patterned after this world, but we would live free and we would live full and we would live in the glory of your presence, God. Even when that's waiting, even when that's lamenting and mourning, we would know that you are at work. Come, Holy Spirit. Speak to people today who need to hear your voice. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill our lives with your kingdom. I pray that Romans 12 would not be something that we just see flat in the text, but give us the vision of your kingdom for our lives. And I pray that you would, you would actually deposit vision in our hearts and souls for what you are doing in this day and in this time. And that we would receive everything that we need from you to be a community participating in the things of the kingdom devoted to love, blessing those who persecute us, living in harmony. We say yes to you, your good and perfect and pleasing will. May our lives reflect that. We come and humbly say, do your work in us as a community together in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.